Music Mike, Linda, my wonderful staff. <sighs> well, 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 well. <laughs> Brings us back here one more time for greatness. It has been achieved and we are here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. My name is EG, the Urban Scholar, and you're listening to Renegade Talk Radio slash Kings of Talk. And I just kind of fall right in and take it back over. For those who are wondering, what is he rambling about? What is he talking about today? Welcome. Thank you. We are going to get into some political things. We're going to get into some things that represent me just a little bit. We're going to talk about me just a little bit. Renegade Nation, Kings of Talk, Queens. Oh, man. Again, just don't listen to me. Listen to Renegade Richie, Nighty Nicole, The Alex Jones Show, Toxic Wise Ass, Real News with David Knight, The Therapist, Therapist Show, E.G. The Urban Scholar Show. I think I kind of know him a little bit. Talk on the Street with Lauren Marie, and also, last but not least, the Wayne Allen Root Show. Renegade Nation, Kings of Talk, Queens, again, I thank you so much for the listenership. I believe in this so much. We believe in this so much as a team. We have been here for years, thriving. For the past few months, I have been working on so many different side projects, but you can still catch me at kingsoftalk.com. You can Google me all social media platforms, all streaming platforms. 
I'm pretty much always around. Even if you can't get to the new content, as of now, we're still working on that YouTube channel. You know, when I come out with something new, it kind of has to be right. It cannot just be out there. <laughs> and again, I thank you to all my listenership for those who have been listening to me for all these years and actually have shared these shows and to all the people that I have did the interviews with throughout the years. Again, I definitely appreciate you. Well, it has been such a long week, such a long month. I know the holidays are coming up and we're gonna get into that a little bit later on. But as of now, like I said, we're gonna get into some great political things. And with that being said, they say he still got it. Donald Trump shuts down city ahead of huge rally that first 2024 campaign rally since classified documents indictment. Hmm. Do you all remember that classified document indictment? They said that they're actually going to add a few more charges, but we're going to get into that a little bit later on. Well, Trump addressed thousands of fans in Pickens, South Carolina on Saturday. He joined early July 4th events for what aides call retail politics on steroids. It is his first rally since being charged with mishandling classified documents. What? You said Trump mishandled classified documents. I cannot believe this. Isn't he our ex-president? <sighs> Renegade Nation, Kings of Talk. <laughs> if anyone thought Donald Trump's legal woes would eat into his public support in the red state America, then I'm sorry to tell you no one thought to tell the people of Pickens, South Carolina. Its population of 3,300 was swollen by thousands more who crammed into its main street to see the former president hold his first rally since being charged with the mishandling of classified documents. Supporters behind him waved witch hunt signs as he described how he had begun charge under the Espionage Act. Hmm. As I go on to say, quote, me, the Espionage Act, he said, describing how it has an act for crimes so horrendous that the death penalty was needed. It's one of the most vicious legal theories ever put in a court of law. There's never been anything like this, as he added. Insiders say the words were not the most important thing. The size of the crowd was what really mattered about the day, making it a huge show of support. Renegade, Kings of Talk, Queens, is one thing that I must say. These rallies, do you really think that these are regular people or do you think these are paid supporters, people that have actually been paid to come and support? I'm starting to think it's a trend because didn't we see this a few years back when he actually was running? That's a whole different story, but you see where I'm going, right? <laughs> well, the tiny city of Pickens closed its streets for the former president packing in supporters who are traveled from North Carolina and Georgia, as well as South Carolina. They stood on Main Street between the county courthouse and the Bivings hardware store. They heard Trump describe how, as a president, he had absolutely the right to declassify documents. And he said he was changing up his language because of the way he had been forced to appear in court earlier this month. He says now the gloves are off from that standpoint. What they have done is so terrible, he said. So I'll speak different than I would 
have three weeks ago. Because you never heard me use this kind of language, I want to out respect for our country and for the office, but we really have no choice. These people are sick. They're sick people. And he called special counsel Jack Smith a thug for the way he had been pursued. Supporters cheered. They had endured a wait in a 90 degree temperature for Trump and hundreds left early in the brutal weather. But those who stayed lapped it up. It showed the charges had made little difference to Trump's bedrock of support in rural America. It pretty much showed that Trump might actually win this. He ridiculed Biden's verbal hearsay this weekend. The rally also gave Trump the chance to show off his support in a state that two of his rivals for the Republican nominations, former Nikki Haley and Senator Tim Scott, renegade nation, kings of talk. As I continue to read, what is your take on this? I'm just going to step away for one second. What is your take on this, really? Again, I know many people are going to say that Trump, we don't like his personal opinions. We really care that he is a great businessman. Everybody always seems to say that. Isn't that right? Well, he is. But at the same time, dealing with his emotions towards certain ethnicities, he seems to speak in such a way that majority people don't agree and they're not going to like his opinions. So the smartest thing would be to this time around, shut the hell up. Keep your opinions to yourself and just do your job. Take care of this country the right way. But then that's the question that kind of seems to hide in the background per se. Is there any way that this country can actually come back? Or have we actually failed so far deep and are so far going that we let people go into the White House and desecrate all the years of history that many people died for? I'm just saying this is real in so many ways. That happened on your watch. So yes, he's good for the business of this country, but can he protect us when he can't even protect his own quote unquote home, ex home? You get what I'm saying, Renegade Nation, Kings of Talk. So <laughs> I don't mean to kind of stretch this, but it makes you think of a long road ahead of us. Do we really want Trump in office? It seems like we're pretty fine with Biden losing his mind, can't tie his shoes, tripping everywhere. But it seems like we feel pretty safe though, right? Or is it because we know that he's not really the best president for us, so we just kind of let him just hang around in there? We don't want anybody else really. We know we're not gonna get another person of a different ethnicity to come in the White House anymore. So where do we really stand as the people? We all kind of know that the votes, we're just going to leave that for another show so far as the whole voting is concerned. I believe it's starting to come down to who looks better, who makes it look good, 
Who sounds the best? I don't know. It seems like that's all that really matters. I don't know. Is this what's really going on in America right now? <laughs> it's looking like Trump might, he might come back. And I know it's going to upset a lot of people. My name is EG the Urban Scholar. You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio slash Kings of Talk. And i got to pay a couple bills. I have so much more to talk about. I'm just getting started. Let's go, Linda. Let's go. Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You are now listening to Kings of Talk Radio. We are back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Renegade Talk Radio slash Kings of Talk. And the second half can only get better. Let's go. Crazy news. I appreciate my staff so much. Linda, Music Mike, thank you so much for having my back through everything. Hit him one more time. Hit him. a pleasure Linda music Mike how can we do this without you I just enjoy the all the laughter that we have had throughout the years and just the positivity and just oh man I just love you guys the way you guys do it just so well and oh man thanks so much again for the second introduction again my name is EG the Urban Scholar you are listening to Renegade Talk Las Vegas slash Kings of Talk and oh, these crazy stories it can only get better or do I have a crazy one for you <laughs> this time around? Well, well, well. Renegade Nation, Kings of Talk. When I say these stories, this news. <laughs> you see, this is why 
I feel like that I have to report it this way at certain times because if I didn't say it or if I didn't talk about it, I wouldn't believe it my damn self. <laughs> Thanks again, Music Mike. Well, news reports say a Massachusetts man who thought that he left his lost winning lottery ticket finally pockets his $3 million jackpot. Cops say that the store worker stole it and was caught only when she and her co-conspirator started arguing about how to split the cash actually at the lottery headquarters. Huh, you would think that they would have those things kind of planned out before they actually get in front of corporate. <laughs> oh, I tell you. Well, Paul Little bought his winning lottery ticket on January 17th, 2023, but left it behind at the store. Carla Nunn's took the ticket and brought her co-worker Joseph Redeem to claim it. Nunn's and Redeem's argument started over how to share the winnings made them actually get caught. That's right, a Massachusetts man who was finally able to claim his $3 million lottery prize on Friday, over six months after the winning lottery ticket was stolen from him by two convenience store workers who were nabbed when they openly argue about how to distribute the loot in the lobby of the lottery headquarters, authorities say. Diesel mechanic Paul Little went into the Lakeview Mart and liquors on January 17th and bought two Mega Millions quick picks and two Massachusetts cash tickets, adding a multiplayer to increase his potential winnings, as well as a bag of barbecue potato chips. Carla Nunes printed out the ticket and then rang up the rest of Little's order, but he left the tickets he had brought behind. He assumed that he lost them according to the Plymouth County District Authority's office. Authorities say that when Nunes, one of her co-workers, concocted a scheme to steal the ticket, and when the ticket turned out to be a winner, the pair went to the lottery headquarters to try to claim the money, which is where the plan quickly got unraveled. At a press conference on Friday, where Paul Little finally received his $3 million lottery jackpot, he expressed the desire to pay off his mortgage and donate money to charity. Ah, oh, isn't that so touching? On that January day, Carla Nunns actually ended up giving the tickets by mistake to the next customer to purchase the lottery vouchers 45 minutes after a little. That person gave them back after discovering he'd been giving two extras. I know and I can just bet that he kind of regrets that now. Officials claim Nunns took the ticket and said they must have belonged to him, meaning little. That night, the numbers were drawn, and Nunn's was in possession of a multi-million dollar winning ticket. Joseph Redeem, Nunn's co-worker, drove Nunn's and her boyfriend to the local lottery headquarters in Dorsey two days later, according to Mass Live. Clerks at the lotto office noticed that the ticket was both torn and had burn marks on it. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, when certain schemes and certain people try to do certain things, they don't think about and they don't look at it from all points of view. If you know that you're going to turn in something that could possibly get you in trouble, why would you go and do it? Wouldn't you have somebody else, not a person that works at the same store that the ticket was actually purchased at? While on security footage at the Massachusetts State Lottery headquarters, they were set to celebrate the winnings with nuns and redeem 
started to argue. Officials overheard Redim demanding a larger cut of the winnings after Nunn said she will only give him 200000 After overhearing the argument, they decided to keep Nunn's for further questioning about the ticket because of the poor condition that the ticket was actually in. Nunn's claimed that the burn marks on the ticket came from placing it on a pipe and she'd accidentally torn it while taking it out of her wallet. Unsatisfied, officials told her that she would receive the jackpot prize at the conclusion of an investigation from the state lottery. State lottery officials and the state police went back and looked at the security footage from the convenience store to show Little purchasing the winning lottery ticket. Nuns finally admitted to officials she did not buy the ticket, only admitting she took it by accident. She then went on the run for two weeks before eventually being caught by the state police. Nuns pleaded not guilty to all charges related to the incident in court. Nuns is being held on a $100,000 cash bail on charges of larceny from the building and attempt larceny along with presentation of false claim and witness intimidation. <laughs> Redeem pleaded not guilty to one count of an attempted extortion, according to the district attorney's office. He was allowed to go free, but is not allowed to gamble or contact either nuns or any other witnesses in this case. His next court date is scheduled for July 28th. Little finally accepted his rifle $3 million prize on Friday morning at the same lottery headquarters. In order to identify Little, Massachusetts lottery officials started a flyer campaign in the area around the store. A few months later, Little was identified. And as we know, Renegade Nation, Kings of Talk, this is one of those stories that it just doesn't seem real. It just doesn't seem real at all. And the sad part is, the most crazy part is, I guarantee you, just from me looking and listening to the story, it seems like Paul Little seems to be a pretty good guy, which if you actually tracked him down and gave him the winning lottery ticket, don't you think he would have gave you something? Me, on the other hand, if I was her, I would have just found him and gave him the ticket. You and I both know He's going to give you something. Even if he doesn't, you're still going to be a hero. <laughs> Isn't that the way it usually goes? But this guy, I believe he definitely would have gave her something. <laughs> well, moving right along, we got one more story that I just had to talk about. And that's the story that I believe many people were confused about and just didn't quite really understand. So... In Chicagoland, give or take about two weeks ago, a mother instructed her 14-year-old son to shoot and kill a man at a hot dog stand. The footage, they definitely edited a lot of it as of right now. I know we all have seen it and couldn't believe it. They were trying to paint the narrative that she just sent him to kill somebody, which wasn't the case at all. So let me break this down. A mother and her 14-year-old son were charged Wednesday after a fatal shooting at a restaurant in the West Pullman neighborhood as of June 18th. According to the police, the pair were arrested, identified as the individuals who were involved in a fatal shooting of a 32-year-old man at the Masswell Street Express. According to the court documents, Carlicia Hood, 35, entered the Maxwell Street Express to get food while her son waited in the car. Shortly after, the 32-year-old man entered the restaurant and an argument ensued between Hood and him. Court documents state that Hood allegedly was texting her son from the store, signaling him to enter the restaurant during the argument. 
The argument quickly turned physical when the man punched Hood in the head multiple times. Then the documents state Hood's son displayed a, a firearm and fired shots at the man in the back. He sustained a gunshot wound to the back. Documents say there were witnesses laughing and encouraging the incident. The man fled the restaurant where the 14-year-old boy proceeded to follow him and fire more shots. The man sustained two gunshot wounds to the back and was pronounced dead shortly after. Hood then turned her attention to the witness where she instructed her son to shoot them, court documents allege. Court documents also say that Hood attempted to take the gun from the boy, but the boy pushed her off. The pair then entered the vehicle and fled the scene. Both Hood and her son turned themselves in and were arrested. Hood and the boy have no criminal background. They were placed into custody and charged accordingly. So we know that much. Shortly after, the charges have been dropped against the woman and her 14-year-old son who were in that fatal shooting. So that's pretty much the gist of this whole story of this whole situation. So let's get into it on the other side of things. So you ask, what was a 14-year-old boy doing with a gun in the city of Chicago? I don't know if many people know this, but at this point, Chicago, it's beginning to be a small war zone. I hate to say it. I remember Chicago was oh, one of the greatest cities in America at one point, right? I'm from the Midwest, so you know I know definitely a lot about Chicago, and it was nothing like it is today. But as of right now, like I said, it's more of a war zone. So they have indoctrinated certain laws that actually let and give the permission to any kid that's over the ages of 13, as long as they don't have a juvenile record, to actually carry a CCW, which is a firearms permit to conceal and carry. As long as they have an adult to sign for them, giving the adult pretty much whatever happens in a situation, the adult is responsible for whatever happens. So that's why he actually had a gun. That's the first part. The second part of this whole story is the way that the media has made this whole case out to be as if he just had a gun and she instructed him to come and kill this man while they were having an argument. It did not happen like that. No matter what the court documents say, we all saw the beginning videos of when it first happened. If the mother told the son in a text to come in and do what he did, wouldn't he come in gun already out on his side? He would have had the gun already ready because he would have known what was going on inside of the restaurant. If you go back and watch that video, he came in, he was distraught. He didn't know what was going on. He was surprised. That's why he struggled to get the gun out. And then he waited and then he fired the shots. The other situation with her instructing him to shoot the people that were laughing is kind of unclear at this point. That's more so hearsay. We can't really say that maybe happened or it didn't happen. That's kind of up in the air. What we do know is that the lady did get punched multiple times and there was an argument and she was in the store for long enough for her son to realize something wasn't right. So he goes in, he sees this situation unfolding. Somebody is hitting his mother. I'm sorry, but anybody that's put in this type of situation would have probably did the same thing. Now, 
She has an activist lawyer. The charges were dropped because there was no wrongdoing. It was a self-defense situation. But now she's actually suing the state and the police department. So I'm definitely going to follow this case until it's definitely over. Renegade Nation, Kings of Talk. This makes you think. In the society that we live in now, sometimes is it better to have a weapon on you than actually not? Whether you are a law-abiding citizen or you're a criminal, anything can happen at any point in our lives, whether you're a family person or you're a single person. Should we all carry a weapon? Would this make things feel safe or is it more of a blanket over the real problem that is just getting violent and maybe people need more mental help? But dealing with the situation, it makes you think, if you do have a family, what might have been the outcome if the son did not have a weapon? Would he came in and just fought the 32-year-old and then the 32-year-old would have fought him and now the 32-year-old has charges on him for fighting a kid? Would those charges get dropped because the 32-year-old man punched his mother? Do you see what I'm saying? It's so many ways that this really could have went. But at the end of the day, somebody did lose their life, which is very sad. He wasn't expecting to get killed that day, but his actions led him down the wrong path. But let's just say that that 14-year-old did not have that gun. Things might have went different. Would that man still had his life today? But again, that was his choice to actually hit a woman and actually even argue with the woman at a restaurant in public. All I really have to say is, America, Kings of Talk, Renegade, I'm just going to leave it on you to be the judge of that. And unfortunately, these things happen and we just must move on. A lesson has been learned. You never know or you never know what can really happen if you put yourself in a type of situation. It was a shocker. I don't know what else to say. Use your own judgment. Be safe out there. My name is E.G. the Urban Scholar. You are listening to Kings of Talk, Renegade Talk Radio. And it's always a classic. I appreciate each and every one of you. You know those two words I'm so famous for. I'm gone.